<clears throat> I got over my sinus stuff, but I spent all weekend at a campfire, so that's I'm there now. So If you would, please bow your heads with me as a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord God, we are thankful for the opportunity to be here this morning. God, I pray that you would open up our hearts and minds, Lord, as we receive your word, Lord, that you would use me as an instrument, Lord, that it wouldn't be my words up here, Lord, but that it would be yours, Lord. Your your words are life-giving and mind-changing, Lord, and we pray for all those things to happen here this morning, Lord, that... Today might be the day for somebody. God, that today might be the day of restoration or rebuilding. God, that today might be the day of start of something new. God, a life given to you. There's no other thing that's more precious, especially as we come into the, this season, Lord, as our Savior was born and in remembrance of Him and, and things that He did for us, Lord, we, we realize how precious life is. God, we are so thankful for the things that you have blessed us with, Lord. We just pray that we can use these worldly things, Lord, to further your kingdom. God, we just love you and thank you for this time together this morning. Lord, we pray for those that aren't here. God, for whatever reason, Lord, that they might feel our love and that they might feel your love this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've I've heard some devastating facts uh, just about how lonely our world is getting. You would think with all the the ways that we can communicate now that we would be more in touch and more involved in everything all the time than ever before. And we are. But we're not in fellowship with one another. We don't have true relationships with one another. We have Facebook and social media relationships with one another that are as shallow as the creeks in the summertime. And so you can't read somebody. You can't know what they're feeling through a computer screen. You can't know what they're feeling through a text message. And most of the time, you can't even know what they're feeling through a phone call. But this is kind of the world that we've now developed and that the suicide rate is so high in every classification, in every generation, the suicide rate is higher than it's ever been. Especially when we're talking 18 to 22 year olds, it is off the charts and exponentially growing. I've heard about this company that is now a phone call away and they will send somebody just to visit with you. We've gone far enough that we have to create businesses or even allow opportunity to make fun or make money off of building relationships with people. I believe we've kind of gotten away from the basics of, of what sustain us. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about today. As I was, we got drawn for the Caney Mountain Hunt and there's a bunch of us that go up there and we, we hunt, but when I was thinking about camping, and I was sitting in there my tree, and I found a little pocket-sized Bible, and man, that is perfect for, I just put it in my side pocket, and I'm up there, and I got my bow on my lap, and 
<laughs> Some of it's the New Testament Psalms and Proverbs, but hey, well, that's pretty cool. But it got me to thinking about the simplicity. We talked a lot about nature this morning, about God's creation and how complex it is and yet simple in the same breath. And so when I talked about it and I was thinking about a title for this sermon, I thought, what better title than God the Father? I just think it's so amazing what God has done for us and what God created for us. That sometimes we get to expecting these, these miracles and these revelations and these, these visions from God. And yes, He can do all of those things. But if He doesn't, are you still going to love Him? His love for us never changes. Does your love for Him change based on the circumstance you're in? That was a hard question for me to ask myself. And the honest truth is, yes. I wish it wasn't a yes answer. I wish that my love was as consistent for Him as His love was for me. But the fact of the matter is I'm not there yet. I'm growing in this process and that's what I'm striving to be. But as we look and we approach this season and she's right, it gets so complicated and complex. I don't think we have a free day till after the new year. I mean, you got double and triple booked appointments. I mean, it's just, we had, there was doe season this weekend. We had Caney Mountain Hunt. Peyton had re- rehearsal yesterday. We've got Christmas dinner and tree today. And she's got a recital at 3.30 in Mountain Home. It's a lot of ground to cover. It's easy to lose focus on the things that are truly meant for this season and this time of year. The birth of a Savior is what we're celebrating. We do all these things to celebrate the reason, but oftentimes the reason gets out of focus. And so I wanted to talk to you guys this morning about the bare necessities. God's love, the bare necessities. If you have nothing else but God's love, that is sufficient. And it's amazing. And he said you'll abound in it. He didn't say you will abound with earthly things, but you can abound in my love because my love is sufficient. I'm going to start out in Psalm 16. Psalm 16, starting in verse 1. says, Preserve me, O God, for in Thee do I put my trust. O my soul, Thou hast said unto the Lord, Thou art my Lord, my goodness extendeth not to Thee, but to the saints that are in the earth, and to the excellence in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied that hasten after another God, But their drink offerings of blood will I not offer, nor take up their names into my lips. The Lord is my portion of my mine inheritance and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord who hath given me counsel. 
My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thy Holy One to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life, and in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures evermore. He's not talking about being happy because he just got a new truck or because he won the lotto. He's not talking about being happy because of the earthly things that are going on around him. He is simply happy because his God stands beside him. His God is forever with him. His God will never leave him or forsake him. And that's why he's rejoicing. And that's his joy and his happiness and his wholeness. Is because he has a God that is with him. That's his everything. That's an all in all. I think about Paul all the time and the things that he went through because he had his eyes on the prize. He had his eyes on God and he was doing kingdom things. I had wrote here that it takes a godly man. And when I say man, that's all encompassing. It takes a godly man to seek godly desires. It takes a godly man to seek godly desires. Not desires of himself because he will profit, but desires to further the kingdom of God. Desire to see what God has for him in any capacity. Think about Jeremiah and all the suffering and the bad news that he brought from God. But he did it because he was there to further the kingdom. He went through a lot of punishment, a lot of trial. But he did it for the kingdom and therefore he was happy. He was in a torture device hanging there and he was fixing to back out and just lay down. And he said, I can't do it anymore. And the fire of God got inside of him and he said, no, I contain information that I can't keep inside of me because the fire burns. When we think about the simpleness of the season, you can find joy in it. The rest of the stuff doesn't matter. It comes and it goes. Uh, With our kids, man, you buy these awesome gifts and you're excited to see them play with it and then they're over there in the pile of boxes man it's just like why didn't i just buy a box and you know that going into it you know that you know that's what they're going to play with it's the simplest of things and we try to overcomplicate. we try to make it more we try to put an earthly spin on god's love why Why would we want it to be anything like we live in? It's not made to be like that. It's made to be different. That's why we should be different. Because of God's love, we have to get back to the basics. We have to get back to finding joy in a God that is with us. 
and seek the deliverer more than the deliverance. Amen? Seek the forgiver more than the forgiveness. The healer more than the healing. Because there's a lot of things we pray for here on earth. I do the same. I'm not saying I'm different than anybody else. I pray for healing on the sick. And He asks us to come to Him for everything. But the thing that we have to remember that is no more presented any better than Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is that He walks with us through the fires. Even if He doesn't deliver us, He is with us. That's exciting. That's exciting stuff that we've got a God that when we're going through hard times, He's not like, now I'll wait till you get out of that because I don't want to go there. He's like, let's do this. Me and you right now, I'm going to walk beside you. We're going to conquer this. Jesus had to go to the grave to overcome it. He went down first. Before he was risen. We have to remember these things that oftentimes it takes a bad thing to reveal a good thing. Why? Because God walks with us always in everything. He's protecting us. He's molding us. He takes these horrible, terrible moments and teaches us things. It's amazing. And it's all through God's love, the simplicity and the complexity, all in the same like nature. The trees get really beautiful just before they die. Why? I don't know, man, but they don't. The leaves are dying, but the tree is still the same. It's so simple, yet so complex. God's love is the basis for everything. Colossians chapter 3, I'm just going to be here for a second. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 says, If ye did be risen in Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of the throne of God. Set your affection on the things above, not on the things of the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Why is he always talking about seeking the things above? Why should we always be looking up? I got a kind of a funny side note on that. There's a, I don't know, one of the guys that was hunting down there this weekend said there was a a conservation area where they only allow bow hunting. And it's been like that for years and years and years. And everybody hunts in a stand. And he said, I was hunting up there and it was like the deer just walked around like this. He said, deer can't even see that well, but they can spot a deer hunter in a stand from 150 yards off because they were always looking up. I was like, so you're saying if I went and sat at a base of a tree, I would be good. And he's like, probably. He's like, they ain't looking anywhere but up. Man, what if we were like that? What if we were looked nowhere but up every time we turned around and somebody was asking you a question, you were looking up to God for answers. What if every situation that came along, we weren't caught off guard because we were already looking to God for answers? It's 
amazing, amazing transformation that can take place in our lives when we start seeking godly things. When we start seeking the moments that God would have for us and start living for those moments instead of trying to create our own. You talked about trying to create the perfect Christmas. The perfect Christmas has already happened when we had a birth of a Savior. Everything else is not perfect after that. You spend dollars and dollars and dollars to buy kids to play with the box. I had one time we were taking Tate to see his first monster truck show and and we were like the anticipation, you know, we were trying to build it and we wanted to film this incredibly perfect moment. And we were in Springfield and Misty got out the camera and she was filming it while she was telling him about where we were going. And he couldn't get past the fact that she had made a cake that looked like a monster truck. And I just kind of looked at her and I'm like, is that the video that you wanted? <laughs> you know, you try to build, you try to build these moments. You try to build these moments that will last forever, but these moments down here will not last forever. They're temporal things. That's why he tells us and pleads with us, please, please look up. Look for me. Look for me in everything. And the reason I say it takes a godly man to seek godly things is because the world will tell you everything but that. The world wants you to seek everything but that. So you're going to go against the grain. You're going to be the odd man out seeking and desiring godly things. You get a true man Seeking and desiring God, He's even going to stand out in your church. Why? Because the church is changing. Because we're allowing more of the world into the church than taking the church out into the world. And so when you get a true man or woman of God seeking true godly things, they're going to stand out everywhere they go. They're going to be different. They're going to act different. They're going to talk different. They're going to walk different. They're going to make different decisions based on what God would have for them, not what makes sense down here. There was a joke between me and Misty when we were building our house and we were right there just fixing to move in. And even during the moving process, I said, wouldn't it be crazy if God called us somewhere else? And she goes, shh, no. But she knew. She knew my heart's desire and she knew her own heart's desire. And she knew that if God called us somewhere else, that we would go. And that's what made it funny because we had spent a year building this house. And it was everything that we wanted and more. But it compares nothing to what God would have for us to do. I've seen people give up a lavish lifestyle to go live out underneath the stars, sharing the gospel to people. They're now homeless. They sell everything and go. That goes against everything that the world would have for you. But seeking godly things 
is going to be a true battle. For one, it's not natural for yourself. We were born into sin. We weren't born into righteousness. So trying to live righteously is unnatural for yourself even. So you're going to have to battle your own thought processes, your own sinful nature along this with everything else. That's why I want to get to my next set of scripture, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. It says, Finally, my brethren, being strong in the Lord and the power of His might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all things, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as they ought to speak. It takes a godly man to seek godly things. That's why he gave us the armor of God. It's not made for dress. It's not made for show. It's not made for parading. It is made for battle, which you will encounter once you seek the kingdom of God. It is protection for when you go to war. It's not made to look at. It's made to use. The problem is, is not enough people are putting it on anymore. God's calling for an army to rise up against the evilness and the wickedness of this world. He wants to deliver as many as he possibly can before he comes back. But when you start seeking godly things, you better suit up. You need his protection. You need his power. You need his strength. You need his wisdom. You notice I said nothing about yourself. Nothing about yourself. That's why it takes a godly man to seek godly things. Because this world will call you everything but that. They want you to seek everything but righteousness. 
That's why you will have to fight every inch of the way. That's why you need the whole armor of God because He's going to make you feel alone. The devil's going to make you feel lost. He's going to make it feel like it's an uphill battle. He's going to make you feel not worthy. He's going to make you stumble. He's going to make you fall. But we have a God who rose over all of those things. And He provided you with the armor to conquer all those things. Amen? That is exciting. But we can't lose focus of what we're after. We're not after our own desires and a bigger house and more money and flashier cars. If it means getting rid of everything, are you willing to sacrifice to expand the kingdom of God? We said it this morning. What is the big deal about winning an argument if you lose a soul? It does not matter. The argument's over and done with. That soul that just got lost will burn in hell for eternity. It's not even close to the same. The things that we fight for and the things that we battle for and the things that we look to are eternal. Therefore, this world, the devil in this world is going to wage everything against you. Everything. You have to know where you're pulling your power and your knowledge and your wisdom and your defense from. God's true love for us. He supplies us with everything. Everything that we need. John chapter 15. John chapter 15, starting in verse 4. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they're burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask for what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and I abide in His love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Your source of strength your source of power, your source of defense, your overcoming victory doesn't come from you. A branch cannot create it unless it is attached to the vine. Are you hooked into your living source today? Are you engrafted in 
to where your hope comes from. In every situation, are you looking back to what gave you life? We have to stay hooked into the vine. It's the source of life. And then, and only then, when you're hooked into the vine, that it's given you life, can you produce fruit. What are we talking about producing fruit? Everybody loves fruit. I like fruit. Man, I'm talking about this godly fruit. I'm talking about this fruit so sweet that one bite into it creates an eternal taste in your mouth that you never want to get rid of. That's the fruit I'm talking about. And you can bear this fruit as long as you're attached to the vine. There's a lot of things in nature that make sense once you get to thinking about it. The leaves die. The fruit doesn't come forth once it gets broke off and laying on the ground. It does nothing. I always think about a big tree. I was looking at one while I was sitting in my deer stand the other day. Man, and this is a huge tree. It was like this big around. And by looking at the base of it, you couldn't tell that it was dead until you got up into the limbs. The limbs die without the trunk. Just blows my mind. The limbs die without a good solid trunk. And then I got to imagining how the trunk looked on the inside. I can imagine that that tree was probably hollowed out and dead on the inside. Therefore, its extremities couldn't produce anything. Then I get to thinking about myself. If I'm dead on the inside, my mouth is not going to produce life. My hands are not going to produce life. My feet are not going to produce life. Because why? Because I don't have life inside of me. I can polish up the outside. I can be the best physical specimen working out every day that there ever was. I mean, I'm not far off right now, let's face it, but just a little more polish work. But if you're dead on the inside, you can do no good on the outside. It will produce no eternal fruit. Because you don't have life, you can't give life. Because a branch that's not connected to the vine can't produce fruit. It's just so amazing how God works. And I just see these things. And it's so amazing once once you start looking to God more. You'll start seeing these things more and more and more. Who, Who can testify to that? Once you start looking for God, you start seeing God more and more, right? It's amazing. It's amazing. I'm not saying that I'm perfectly there yet because I'm not, but I'm saying I see God a lot more now than I did 10 years ago. I mean, I've seen things 10 years ago, but it was not godly things, I can promise you. But it just amazes me at the transformation that takes place once you hook into what life really is. Once you hook into a life source, the amount of things that you can overcome. 
Loneliness and depression is one of the overwhelmingly biggest diseases that are taking every age group across the face of this planet. Everywhere. I guarantee you just about everybody knows somebody that's struggling with it. It's because we've gotten away from the simplicity of God's love. And it's hurting us. And we're not connecting with brothers and sisters that believe in the same things that we believe on an intimate level. That somebody might be able to see you today and know you well enough to ask if you're okay because they can see that you're not okay. We need people that know us like this. We want to shut out and we want to shut down and we want to push people away when we get like that. But best thing that we can do is have people that will call us and call on us and come and see us to say, man, you didn't seem like everything was all right today. Are you okay? Because we're looking towards godly things. We can see when godly people are hurting. When we seek out godly things, all of a sudden our eyes are truly open to the things that matter. And life, life matters. We live in a world where they're devaluing life every day that it's expendable, that it doesn't matter. Because we built up these calluses to seeing bad things. And you hear about somebody getting killed over a sheet set on Black Friday. But you don't think anything about it and you hurt zero because it's normal. What? These are not things that should become normal. Mass shootings should not become normal. We should not play them enough that a society gets numb to bad things. We should be going the other way. He said, the closer you get to me, the farther you get away from that. And you should start hating sin. It should start hurting you. We talked about David this morning. Every time that he messed up, he he went into anguish. He hurt over his sin. It killed him. But he was a guy that was after God's own heart. Because he hated sin. And he desired God. No, we're not perfect. But what are you desiring? Do you want life? Do you want life? Do you want people around you to have life? It's a hurt that we've become numb to. They don't believe in God now. They'll come around. What? I'm not overbearing at all, but you can see a world that is hurting because they don't have life. You see churches that are hurting because they don't have godly desires. I can tell you this. When the church body stops seeking godly things, the rest of the world stops hurting more or starts hurting more. When God's children, God's children stop seeking Him and what He wants, the rest of the world gets worse. It's factual. Look at where we're at. 
We've got a lot of people that come and sit on a church pew on Sunday and say, I've put in my time. I've fulfilled my obligation. I'm going to heaven. I don't know your heart. Maybe that's right. But don't you care about the person sitting next to you that isn't? How do we get to a point where the church doesn't care about that anymore? How do we become numb to the fact that people are not going to make it? We've lost seeking godly things. Why? Because it's a struggle. It is. It's a struggle. But God in Ephesians 6, 10 provides you with everything you need to face the struggle and the reward at the end is eternal. Amen? It's a blessing. You put on the armor of God to go to battle, not to parade it around town. If your armor don't have some chinks in it, you're not using it. You could always tell by the people that sit on the bench in football. If their helmet didn't have some scuffs on it, they wasn't knocking it against nothing. It's like that in any sport. The people that come out the cleanest. I mean, Jared Hamilton was, he was one of the better ball players, and I played with him, and man, he had cuts and gashes and. I remember one time at Kabul, he slid on this rubber mat that had grooves in it. And I mean, those grooves just tore his knee open. When you go to battle, you're going to come out with some scars and some wounds. Paul said to count it all joy. Paul was a godly man that sought godly things and he came out with some scars and some wounds. But he said, count it all joy because I'm doing what God wants me to do. I'm excited to be here in prison. He saved a guard and his family while he was there because he never took his sight off the Lord. If you're battling something, addiction, depression, loneliness, it doesn't matter. Seek God, you may put somebody else in your path that you can battle it with. These things are amazing that God does, but we have to seek Him. He says, don't you seek me, seek me with your whole heart. I don't want you to look up every now and then. I want you to walk around like those doves looking for hunters. All the time with your head in the air looking towards God for answers. Not seeking blessings or deliverance, but seeking a God that is going to stand beside you through everything. If you're in it for a reward, you need to go back to the beginning and check out where you came from. These things are hard truths. I don't want to just sugarcoat anything, but... These things that I'm telling you mean everything. They're eternal things. They're godly things. Godly people have to start seeking godly things. They have to tap into the vine to get their life source. So that they can produce more life. Because this world is dying. This world is dying and it wants to take you down with it so bad. And so it produces things that look good. 
for a second. It produces things that taste good for a second. Produces things that feel good for a second. While Paul's sitting in prison, being beaten and not eating, he knows what things feel good and taste good for eternity. And he got a taste of it. And it wasn't leaving his mouth. He was seeking God. Stand up, church, as we make an altar call that I, I pray, I pray so hard that everybody in here would seek godly things, would seek eternal things. Listen, God doesn't always call you to everything that you want to be called to. Just because you want to do something doesn't mean that's what He's going to use you for. We have to seek godly things in a whole. Not just what we want to see, but we've got to start seeing godly things. God's people has got to turn and start seeking His face in everything and anything that we do. That's the only way we're going to bring life back to the church It's the only way we're going to bring life back to a community. It's the only way we're going to bring life back to a country. It's for God's people to start seeking godly things and suit up. Because it's going to be a battle. But you've got a God that will suit up and stand right beside you in anything and in everything. And you're never alone. The altar's open.